0: This is a podcast from the Business Times.
1: Singapore stocks rose in early trade on Monday. The Straits Times Index was up 0.1% to 3,134.63 points at the open, which was in lockstep with most of the region following strong US jobs data. The US dollar steadied on Tuesday as traders looked ahead to midterm elections and as excitement dimmed around China's relaxing COVID restrictions. At the midweek, the SDI added 0.6% to close at 3,165.5 points as Euro- European stock markets eased at the start of trading, following losses in Asia on weak Chinese data. And on Thursday, Asian stocks started down after inconclusive US midterm election results and a turbulent cryptocurrency market left Wall Street and European markets in a sea of red. Singapore stocks fell 0.1% to 3,161.83 points at the open. It's Friday, November 11th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Singapore stocks rose in early trade to track sharp gains on Wall Street after key consumer price data raised hopes of less aggressive interest rate hikes. The Straits Times Index rose 1.9% to 3,234.32 points at the open. Here's Amelia Tan, Research Analyst at SGX Securities, with her wrap of the week.
0: In the week to date, the STI gained 1.4% in price returns, slightly outperforming the 1.1% gains by the regional FTSE Asia-Pacific Index. Gains were seen across most STI counters, with top performers being Venture Corporation gaining 6.7% as of Thursday's close, followed by Capital Land Investment at 4.4% and Thai Beverage at 4.3%. The STI is now trading above 3,100 levels, reversing the losses recorded in the month of October. On a year-to-date basis, the SDI now has a price gain of 1.6% against the 26% decline for the FTSE Asia-Pacific Index. Looking back in the Singapore market, outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least $500 million were Digital Core REIT, Venture Corporation and First REIT. On the other hand, Underperformers for the week were led by Golden Energy and Resources, NEO, and Lendlease Global Commercial REIT. In terms of institutional fund flows in the Singapore market across the last five sessions through to 9 November, we observed net institutional fund inflows of 200 million SING dollars. This is the third consecutive week of net institutional fund inflows into the Singapore market. By sector, the highest net inflows over the last five sessions were seen across financial services at 237 million, followed by telecommunications at 16 million, and consumer non cyclicals at 7 million. On the other hand, REITs saw the highest net outflows of 74 million, followed by utilities and energy, oil, and gas, both at 3 million. Largest inflows were seen in UOB, OCBC and Capital Land Investment, while largest outflows were seen across Capital Reit, Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust and Nanofilm Technologies. At the end of the week, the US October Consumer Price Index came in below expectations with the headline, all items gauge up 7.7% year-on-year. The CPI was also up 0.4% month-on-month. This was the smallest 12-month increase since January, when the CPI came in at 7.5% year-on-year. In addition, the key gauge marked further deceleration since a 9.1% peak in June. The month-on-month print was on par with the rise observed in September. The CPI report saw the 10-year US Treasury yields return to near 3.8%, which is some 40 basis points lower than the intra-week high of 4.2%. At the same time, the US dollar index also returned to the 108 level after trading as high as the 111 level earlier in the week. Among the stock sectors that saw the most relief from these moves were REITs, with US REITs putting up twice the overnight gains of the Dow Jones Index. The upshot of these moves is that based on CME futures pricing on Friday morning, odds for the December 14 FOMC are now at 85% expectations for a 50 basis point hike. And now 15% expectations for a 75 basis point hike. The longer-term expectations have also seen a moderate, less hawkish shift, with the peak or terminal rate now seen at four point seven five to five percent, down from five to five point two five percent. The U.S. November CPI will be released the session before the next December fourteen FOMC.
1: Senior correspondent Yu Chan has further insights from the Business Times.
2: The Singapore market brushed aside global and regional macroeconomic factors to do relatively well this week. In the first half of the week, Singapore stocks rallied, tracking gains on Wall Street amid strong US jobs data and optimism over a potential gridlock in the US midterm elections. But even when major US indices slumped on Wednesday, following a better-than-expected showing from the Democrats in the midterms, the Straits Times Index remained in positive territory. Weaker-than-expected trade and inflation data coming out of China throughout the week also failed to shake the Singapore market. The STI extended its rally for a fifth day in a row on Thursday, and it's up 1.4% so far this week. In the rest of the key Asian markets, performance was a lot more mixed. Most Asian markets started the week with gains riding on the Wall Street momentum, though there was some caution after China said it would stick to its strict zero-COVID policy. As the week drew on, however, the Asian markets were rocked first by weak Chinese economic data, then inconclusive US midterm election results that raised uncertainty over the impact on inflation, and a turbulent cryptocurrency market. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index is down 0.5% so far this week, while Japan's Nikkei 225 is up 0.9% after giving up most of the gains earlier in the week. South Korea's Kospi is up 2.3% on the back of a firmer one, though it snapped a four-session winning streak on Thursday as caution reigned ahead of US inflation data. We are now at the tail end of the corporate earnings season for the third quarter ended September, and in the absence of economic data coming out of Singapore this week, the stock market action has been largely driven by the results announcements. In general, the Singapore-listed companies seem to be doing better this quarter, on the back of the reopening. But in particular, investors are paying attention, and rightly so, to the impact of rising interest rates. And here, we see how some baskets of stocks are doing better than others. For example, the trio of local banks, DBS, UOB and OCBC, posted robust earnings in the third quarter, as the lenders continued to benefit from interest rate hikes. Shares of UOB have climbed 2.9% so far this week, while OCBC has added 1.7% and DBS is up by a more modest 0.2%. On the other hand, the Real Estate Investment Trust, one of Singaporeans' favourite asset classes, are staring at lower distributions due to higher borrowing costs. The Singapore REITs are still remaining relatively resilient though, with the SGX REIT index up 1.3% this week.
1: Still to come, we take a closer look at more macroeconomic and company-focused news and drivers with Amelia Tan.
2: The Business Times Future of Finance is focused on the digital economy.
1: Taking a closer look at topics around acceleration of digital forms of banking, both retail and wholesale.
2: Asset tokenization is absolutely important. For Singapore, Mr. Ravi Menon, he summed it up very, very well. He said asset tokenization has transformative potential, not unlike securitization when it happened 50 years ago.
1: The Business Times Future of Finance podcast, episode two out on Thursday, November 17th. We'll be speaking with Heng Kun Hau. Executive Director for Blockchain and Digital Assets at UOB. About future-proofing banking ahead of blockchain shockwaves.
2: Listen at bt.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That's bt.sg slash podcasts.
0: And now, back to market focus from the Business Times.
1: Amelia, the Singapore government has announced that another 1.4 billion Singapore dollars will be added to the GST assurance package in Budget 2023 to help households cope with higher expenditure due to rising inflation. This will take the total amount under the assurance package to around $8 billion. Could you highlight some other significant news, particularly for markets, from the week for us?
0: Singapore's retail sales continued to grow, increasing 11.2% year-on-year in September, extending the revised 13.3% rise in August. On a month-on-month, seasonally adjusted basis, retail sales grew 3.3%, reversing a 1.2% decline in August. Retail sales rose across most categories, of which the sales of computer and telecommunications equipment increased to a highest level in nearly eight years in September. Meanwhile, food and beverage services recorded a 29.7% year-on-year rise in sales and 1% rise on a monthly, seasonally adjusted basis, which was attributed to the lower base last year due to stricter COVID-19 dining restrictions. In property, condominium and HDB rental prices continued to rise in October despite a significant decrease in condo rental volumes. Condominium rents climbed 2.7% from September to mark the 22nd consecutive month of growth, led by increases in the rest of central region. Meanwhile, HDB rents increased by 1.8% month-on-month, led by non-mature estate rents. The two government land sales tenders for 99-year leasehold private housing sites near Beauty World and Hillview MRT stations closed below market expectations. Property developers are seen to be taking a more cautious approach following the recent property cooling measures.
1: Amelia, let's turn to company-focused information. Give us some highlights from the week.
0: Singapore Airlines has resumed the sale of Virgin Australia code share flights to a host of destinations on SIA's global network in a move to return the carrier's partnership to pre-pandemic operations. Virgin Australia will code share on 42 destinations covering 23 countries on the SIA network. SIA continues to offer code share flights on 64 routes covering 31 destinations on Virgin Australia's domestic and international network. Earlier in the week, SIA reported record operating profits for both second quarter and first half FY23, driven by high demand for air travel during the peak summer season across all route regions except East Asia. Operating profits for first half exceeded $1.2 billion, a reversal of over $1.85 billion from last year. SIA also announced the resumption of dividend payments with an interim dividend of 10 cents per share. ST Engineering is proposing to divest all of its U.S. marine subsidiaries, namely VT Halter Marine and ST Engineering Halter Marine and Offshore, to Bollinger Shipyards Lockport for US$15 U.S. dollars. The group noted that the business units incurred a combined net loss before tax of $256 million in five years from 2017 to 2021. Despite the proposed divestment, ST Engineering highlights the U.S. as a key market for the group and says that it will continue to invest in its other businesses in the U.S. This includes focusing on its existing defence business and expanding its commercial businesses such as commercial aerospace and smart mobility. Its marine business in Singapore continues to be core and strategic. Analysts view the divestment favourably, seeing a potential margin uplift in FY23-24. They also noted that the Groups or the Book remains at a record high of $23.1 billion as at end September even after accounting for order book reduction post the divestment. Singtel has partnered China Telecom Global Limited to co-lead a consortium to build an undersea fibre optic cable system worth $300 million US to support economic growth in Southeast Asia. The submarine system will span 6,000 kilometres and connects Singapore and Hong Kong with Brunei, the Philippines and Hainan, China and is expected to be completed in 3Q 2025. Citing rising demand for higher bandwidth connectivity within the region, the system will unlock more opportunities for innovation and enhanced digital experiences. Singtel is among the most traded and largest Singapore stocks by market value and makes up as much as 6% of the day-to-day turnover of the Singapore market. Its share price has moved from $2.32 at the end of last year to $2.63 as of this week. It has recorded one of the highest net institutional fund flows so far this year, in the vicinity of $830 million in the year to date. On Thursday, Singtel announced a comparable interim 4.6 cents dividend per share, but moreover surprised the market by announcing a special dividend per share of 5 cents in two tranches of 2.5 cents each to share benefits of asset recycling initiatives. The telco reported that its first half FY23 net profit came to $1.17 billion Sing billion, which was up 23% year-on-year, and boosted by the $1 net exceptional gain from the group's partial divestment of its stake in Airtel compared with a net exceptional loss incurred last year. The CEO noted a major rebound in its core business as the resumption in travel lifted roaming revenues across both its consumer and enterprise businesses. Also, among the highlights, NCS, which has been repositioned as the group's digital champion, Capitalized on the digitalization trend to add new bookings of 1.3 billion to deliver an order book of 3.5 billion. After reporting before the Thursday open, the stock ended the Thursday session up 3.1% on double the usual daily turnover.
1: This has been Market Focus from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Amelia Tan, research analyst at STX Securities, and Ju Chan, senior correspondent with the Business Times News Desk. That
0: was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon enabled devices. For more podcasts by the Straits Times, the Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only.